Well, so Sreram is just like is just like a sick name. Oh yeah, it's it actually has it the honor- sounds cool. It has the honorific built in because um, it's you know in India all the names are like god names, so it's like what you guys do with the Bible, but like Indian version. Um, but three actually means sir, so you're basically calling me Sir God when you say my name. Fucking, that's, that's a sick big. bar. I know. So like, I should be a rapper. It works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, am I high or did you two just become a, a rap and producer duo? Oh, yes, absolutely. If you give me the lyrics and also how to say it and also, you know, everything <laughs> about it, then I'll be able to. Come through on ghost right. Yes. You should, you should go ahead with that. I can give it a shot, but unfortunately my voice isn't appealing enough. That's what production is for. That's true. And, and just give it, the, give it a big bass drop and the... <laughs> My name is Shriram, and I'm here to say I'm here to teach you about accounting in a positive way. Yo, I'm I'm gonna drop a beat over that. It's gonna be the hardest shit. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bid and Technique Podcast on the Fight Side Podcast Network with myself, your host, Silas Mine. My co-host is always Christian Reynolds. And today we have a special guest, uh, esteemed Fight Side analyst, now uh, MMA retired, but always leaving the door open for a return, Sriram. This is your boy. How's it going, Sriram? I'm good. I mean, I guess I sort of silently retired from the... MMA talking business, you know, the game. It is a game, really. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm in so many words back. Uh, I did something a little while ago, I think, on Volkanovsky versus Korean Zombie, but uh, this is my first time talking to other people in ages, not just in terms of podcasts, but generally. I live like a hermit. Uh, so uh, yeah, glad to be here. Yes, yeah, good to have you on. Always good to have your takes. Oh, yeah. I assume I'm on because I'm uh, the, the foremost Rob Font scholar and enthusiast. And mirror shards on this card. Oh yeah, of course. The the shard. I'm a, I'm a real sharder. Shard mm-hmm. all over the goddamn place. I haven't shit myself. It was a mere shard. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Bisping made a, a gag like that. It was like um, he was looking at the tail of the tape and he saw that mirror shard had a like reach disadvantage or something. It's like, well, I was thinking about that, but you know, I was like, forget about it. It's just a mere shard. <laughs> which is awful shark fits a lot more no, that's fucking yeah. awesome that's so good i love it he, he pulled it off anyway we're here to break down uh this weekend's ufc fight night card uh, headlined by a bantamweight top contenders bout between rob font and marlon chito vera and uh oh, spoiler alert me and christian really like chito vera and we're gonna pick him so we thought we should have the foremost expert in everything Rob Font on the show to explain why he's really good and he's totally going to win. So we might as well get straight on into the fights. What, what, why you love Rob Font so much? Um, I mean, I guess it's more that I'm really into very bland fighters who have cool games, and Rob Font and Calvin Cater fit both very, very comfortably. 
This is also why I like the old Brazilians. You know, they have very deep games, and they also say stuff that no one can understand. I love old Brazilians too. They're they're the goat. They're so good. And uh, I mean, honestly, Rob Font's run into a couple, and he has come out a little bit worse for wear. But uh, still, he's awesome. Um, really, the thing with Rob Font is he's a very simple fighter to understand, and therefore he's a very simple fighter to pick or pick against. Uh, which is kind of the same with Calvin Cater um, up until like you know his last fight at least. Uh, which is you know if you allow him to jab you, he's going to beat the shit out of you, and if you don't allow him to jab you, he's going to struggle maybe a little bit but you know he, he might figure out how to jab you eventually but uh yeah so essentially rob font's game he is uh sort of pressury but he doesn't really demand it uh, basically all he does is he jabs he builds off the jab and he builds off the jab in a couple really unique ways uh first of all it's very versatile in the normal ways you know he's just to move his opponent's head around and follow up with the right hand uh whether it be you know the straight or like that sneaky little straight across his own body or the uppercut or stuff like that um he sometimes plays it off the left hook. It's not that common. What's really unique about Rob Font, in my opinion, is uh, the way his jab builds into these sort of clinchy, grabby transitions, uh, which he does against basically everyone. I think that's maybe the thing that won him the uh, most of the first round against Jose Aldo so clearly, is the fact that um, his jab, when you slip it inside or outside, he has sort of set responses uh, that he just grabs you, figures out where your head is, and beats the crap out of you for it. Uh, if you slip inside, he has the collar tie. You slip outside, he has the frame. You duck underneath, he still has the collar tie. Um, he's a pretty neat, consistent inside, uh, sort of a dirty boxer type, where he does a lot of, you know, getting behind his shoulder with the long guard, grabbing your head, and, like, punching you in the body of the head. Um, he is, uh, in longer clinch exchanges, he's also pretty solid. We've seen that in uh, the Aldo fight and the Almeida fight, where, you know, when he has guys against the fence, he uh, does a lot of, like, digging his head in, peeling his arms out and infighting or working off the collar tie. Uh, so he's a, a simple fighter to understand. I think he's actually gotten a good bit deeper lately. Uh, we saw against Cody Garbrandt, him building off the front kick feint, for example. Uh, but ultimately, with Rob Font, it comes down to, can he jab you? Can he combo punch you? And if he can do that, like if he can jab you and get a predictable response, he is a force. He is a, a nasty, nasty fighter to be dealing with. And then on the other hand, we have Cheeto Vera. Maybe my current like favorite active fighter in the UFC Partly because he's just had a, such a such a like an interesting and satisfying career arc where he came in as just this uh really just weird, like lanky jujitsu and kicks guy who really just had an unstructured, not particularly functional game, went win and lost a lot of the time. And over time he's just like had the shit beaten out of him so thoroughly <laughs> that he's had the these just insane third rounds of just like tortured violence where he comes on so strong as the fight goes on and he's just like found even though he you know even though he's really not a traditional athlete he's found the attributes that he has that he's able to leverage in fights which are he's fucking immortal he's genuinely one of the most durable people i've ever seen in any combat sport just huge punches just bounce off him and yeah. he's just fine yeah um he's also just has insane cardio and is always taking over in the third round of fights where he's getting his ass beat, even against guys like John Lineker, where John Lineker, that is, he's the guy who does that to everyone else. Yeah. Um, and he's just, uh, he's really long, so he can kick people up from range. He's a hard kicker, and he himself has a nasty clinch game. Uh, he, uh, you see him using that kind of head and arm, like standing lock. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah, he does that do a you, bunch. Actually, do you, You'll see, like, you'll actually see in Muay Thai a lot, um, but you don't really see guys use it the way that he does in MMA, where he'll just, like, 
yeah, just like dig right under your chin and stand you up real tall and knee the fucking shit out of you. You can get elbows off from there. And yeah, just he's a guy who, as a fight goes on, he just builds in just ridiculous dynamic violence and just swarming you up against the cage. Um, he's like gone much more consistent with his cage cutting footwork. Um, and uh, just, I uh, had more urgency about defensive grappling. Uh, he's still still play guard and try and do some weird shit. He still just has some, a lot of Tony Ferguson in him. But uh, I think we saw in the Frankie Edgar fight, just, yeah, like I said, a lot more urgency about consistently working to his feet and actually defending grappling and pushing his advantages more consistently. So Christian, given all of that, what do you think about how these two guys match up, uh, particularly over five rounds and this being Cheeto Vera's first five-round fight? I think that Font isn't aggressive enough or enough of a physical force strength-wise to actually stop Vera from doing what he normally likes to do. Once the fight goes past the first two rounds, like I'd be willing to bet money that Vera loses the first two rounds probably somewhat clearly, but then there's three more rounds, and any time a fight goes past the second round, Vera's in the fight except for like the Aldo fight, really, because you know you look at the DSDA fight, Vera was getting the fuck beaten out of him in in like some sense in the second round, and then in the third round he just looked like a completely different fighter. Like the second he enters the third round, he's just ready to go, and we haven't seen him over five. So it's very possible that he won't be that type of fighter that can sustain his three round, uh, like master of the third round type shit. But he seems like if there is going to be a fighter that's guaranteed to be able to handle himself over five rounds that we haven't seen it yet, it's got to be Cheeto Vera. And so I'm going to pick him to finish font in like the fourth or fifth. I think he's just going to try his leg and I think he's eventually going to get font skittering backwards and not really let font pressure the way that he prefers to. And I think the jab will get less and less use. And anytime he, he does something nice to enter the clinch against Vera, like Vera's kind of cuttable, but he's he's just a monster in the clinch in his own right. And he's a lot more aggressive about pushing it. And he, he kind of forces it, whereas Font, it's more of like a reaction to someone handling his jab. But Vera just wants to be in the clinch for long exchanges. And he's a lot harder yeah, to push I back just... when the fight goes later. I just think at this point, um, with the way that Cheeto is more consistently pushing his advantages, um, you just need to be a certain kind of technician and athlete. <laughs> and just like the way that Jose Aldo was able to consistently outmaneuver him while staying defensively tight at different ranges, while also being able to throw back hard enough to make Cheeto respect him and then use his grappling to neutralize the third round Cheeto comeback. There's just not a lot of guys who can, like, you know, the, uh, to to appeal to Sriram here, I think, like, Prima Sunsau would be a fucking nightmare for Cheeto. Oh, yes. Uh, genuinely. Like everybody, of course. Um, uh, of course. Um, but I just, I don't know if Rob Font's that guy. I think he needs to push Cheeto back, and I don't know if he can do that over five rounds particularly if Cheeto can establish any kind of grappling threat, because even though he's not a takedown artist, I just, you know, at some point, just an MMA fight's going to break out. Um, so, for, yeah, for all of those reasons, I have got Cheeto by, like, fourth round club and sub. All fair points. Uh, I'm reasonably confident, I think, in font by decision. Uh, less confident than I was before I rewatched a couple fights, but still, I think that's going to be the pick I make. Um, 
So as for the dynamic, I think in general, it's just sort of a broad strokes thing. Because in this sort of thing, like the more specific I tend to think of stuff, I don't know whether this is something that you guys have ran into. It's like the more specific you think of stuff, the more you run into like sort of this blind hole, I guess, like blind paths that don't really matter. Um, but mm-hmm. in terms of the broad dynamic, I think the way to beat Vera has generally been fight in the pocket, mix up your combinations, especially in terms of body work and uh, mixing up you know, the range of your combinations. Um, faint him out, keep up a high output, and be the sort of fighter who can keep that up over the entire fight. And I think Rob Font fulfills all of those. Uh, and I also think that Chido Vera's strategy on the converse doesn't quite work against someone like Rob Font uh, for a couple reasons. So first of all, um, if your thing against Rob Font is concede a couple early rounds, I think there aren't many elite bantamweights, period. There aren't many fighters in the world uh, who build a lead the way Rob Font does in that he, um, both in terms of the volume that he throws and in terms of how he's consistently building on the reactions that he sees, it's very difficult. You need to be proactive, I think, against Rob Fond. Uh, and Tito Vera isn't not proactive as if the fight goes deeper, but I also think that the routes he needs to be proactive are complicated a bit by Rob Fond. Now, I do agree with um, Christian that Tito Vera is a lot more comfortable in longer clinch exchanges, mostly because we've seen it more. He enforces it a lot more. Um, we saw Rob Font do some decent work against Aldo in the fifth round, fighting on the inside, of course, but uh, that's not a place where he wants to be. But I also kind of think that it works in reverse, right? Like, to get to the long clinch exchanges, you need to be in the short ones. And more importantly, to be in the short ones, you need to be able to enforce the clinch. Now, Chido Vera, he's pretty solid at, uh, you know, slipping punches, ending up underneath them, and ending up in the clinch, you know, grabbing collar ties in exchanges. But I think Rob Font is secretly one of the best of best at doing that in the sport. Uh, he's incredibly consistent. And for example, uh, using the jab, using the long guard to grab the head, um, using the uh, the fact that guys slip the jab to frame them and shove them away, that sort of thing. It's a sort of unique sort of physicality. Like even using the jab is sort of like set up a post, to like touch their face and use it to line up the right hand. Like there are a lot of very consistent tools that Rob Font uses that I think it's something that's going to significantly compromise Cheeto Vera's ability to uh, create the clinch on the terms that he needs. Uh, as for the ring craft, I do think it's an interesting question because Rob Font is reasonably prone to giving up the back foot when guys, you know, want the front foot. But I also kind of think that Font is the sort of fighter who, against Jose Aldo, he did that. But against Cody Garbrandt, he was very, very consistent in not giving Cody Garbrandt any sort of opportunity beyond the front foot. And Chido Vera is the sort of fighter who does take the front foot more as the fight goes on. But I also think he's reactant enough to feints. He's defensively a little bit liable enough that I think Rob Font is going to be able to put the combinations together and stop Vera in his tracks. And I also think that there are a lot of situations in which Vera's competition so far has been sort of uniquely poised to fall into come back in the third round in a way that Rob Font isn't. Now, Font isn't the most durable fighter in the world necessarily, certainly not as durable as Cheeto Vera. And, you know, elephants aren't as durable as Cheeto Vera. Uh, but he is the sort of fighter who can keep up output over five rounds at a very steady, consistent, high pace. Uh, and I think that's kind of what you need to keep Cheeto Vera on the defensive, especially in a situation where he can't limit the exchanges where he's not doing his best work. Uh, the thing that kind of worries me outside of the clinch is the kicks, but I also think there are some interesting considerations there. Um, Vera does go southpaw reasonably often, but I don't think he's as good of a southpaw just because of how much of his game depends on uh, you know counter jab and counter check hook. He does that a whole lot, and that's the sort of thing where he's probably going to need uh, the, uh, the the close stance. But even from the close stance. I think there are some things to watch out for for Rob Font against Davy Grant. Cheeto did a lot of good work uh, catching the jab in his palm and, you know, throwing off uh, Grant's ability to build off the jab. That's something that I think 
it could and has worked against Rob Vaughn. And that's a sort of specific early tactile adaptation that I'd like to see Chido Vera make. But I also kind of think that Rob Font is just, he, he's such a fast starter. He's so consistent at building off the tools that he gets. That's going to take Cheeto working really hard really early for this to happen. And I just don't think he's that kind of fighter. Uh, I think Cheeto probably gets a little bit more competitive later in the fight. Um, but whether it be, you know, attrition on Rob Font or letting the clinch develop a little bit more. But I also don't really think it makes a ton of sense for me at least, to look past the initial dynamic of this, which is, again, the way to beat Rob Font isn't to give up early round. The way to beat Rob Font is to command the entire fight. And the way to beat Chido Vera absolutely tends to be to do what Rob Font does, which is draw his guard, punch around it, be able to keep it up for five rounds in this case, and um, you know be competent enough in the clinch that entries are difficult. Uh, so I'm not you know crazy confident. I think Chido Vera is a very good fighter, uh, but I think this is a, a the sort of fight where Rob Font will look good for long enough that uh, Vera's going to be digging himself out of a bigger hole than he can afford. I think that uh, the cardio dynamic is going to be very strange in the sense that uh, I think that Rob Font could maintain the type of pace you would need to win this type of fight against an earlier iteration of Cheeto Vera whose cage cutting was a little bit less advanced. Because he's just developed a lot of tactics with Jason Perillo for cutting the cage. Like, he shifts off kicks well. You can even see in the Frankie Edgar knockout, he was prepared to like clinch off of the shifting kick and land elbows until Frankie fell over after getting front kicked. Yeah. So he just has like a, he's always ready to continue an exchange if he needs to. And he's gotten a lot better about that as his career has gone on. And I agree with the competition, but there's also an aspect of like fonts. Only person he's like tooled over five rounds was Cody Garbrandt, who is just a lot Le- like more aimless in his, his positioning than uh than Chido Vera is. So I think there's caveats for both guys that kind of make analyzing the fight completely objectively pretty difficult. Definitely. Yeah, the 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 Cody Garbrandt fight was kind of target practice and it is exactly the kind of fight where you're gonna get to see everything that makes Rob Font so good because he is definitely a fighter who when his like initiating weapons are landing and he's getting the front foot and his confidence starts blooming, then that's when he becomes a more creative and dangerous fighter and the rest of his tool set starts opening up a lot more. Um, I just kind of wonder what happens when, even if he is, like, winning the jabbing battle, um, what, what what happens when, uh, uh, just at some point, the guy who can just eat his jab just, like, stops worrying about it and just keeps walking at him and kicking him really hard? Like, like Chio Ch- Rivera, you, you can't break him at this point. You You have to, like be a solid enough technician to shut him out of a fight consistently. And I just think the sheer amount of violence that, that he can bring as a point is just, I just don't know that Rob Font is defensively apt enough to deal with it. And I just don't know that he's like, I just don't, I just don't know that he's quick enough. And this is just also the grappling threat, which is just, is just rough for like, you know, Chio's not the kind of guy who, if he's he, if he's fucked you up and has got top position, he's just going to ride out an entire round and just kind of chill there. Like he's either going to posture up and land some absolutely despicable ground and pound, or go for you know one of many submissions that he's pretty good about finishing. Um. So yeah, it's it's not the easiest fight to call, obviously. We're we're both laying out re- reasons for why this is actually just a very close and compelling matchup, and just ending up making picks based on our own personal biases and the, and the guys that we think are cool stylistically. 
So, I, you know, it just stands to be a fantastic uh, five-round contest at the top of Bantamweight. Uh, one more thing I'd like to add is that I think something that makes the fight harder for Font over five than it would be over three, which obviously, you know, the fact that Font could handle a three-round fight a lot easier is, like, I, I feel like... You know, he might just win to the first two rounds and and not get not get finished and you know be be able to get that early lead and, and that just mean more proportionally for the entire yeah, yeah but like the extra 10 minutes with the fact that vera is a finisher it just gives him more time to get a finish like i i, I just don't trust that font's going to be able to handle that extra 10 minutes without getting cracked like once or just like what if he like just overthrows a left hook at some point which he's not prone to do like he's not as much of a like sell out on power yeah yeah <laughs> that, that too but like what if he just throws something and then gets caught in the kind of andre yule situation where he drops under and then gets a standing arm triangle and then they just end up on the ground in that kind of snowballs for cheeto or at least throws off font i can see that happening in any of the first three rounds and if yes what i'm when i say just what if an mma fight breaks out at some point yeah and, and, and cheetos just go everywhere violence is just like too much for rob font's brain to deal with yeah and it, He's just he's a really hard fighter to beat at this point in his career. Like Vera just is so unlikely to get finished. So that's like routes to victory that that I would have to see Font be able to finish a guy that's as freak durable and hard to submit as Cheeto. Uh yeah, I definitely wouldn't favor Font to a finish Cheeto Vera, but I also think that the sort of entropy that Font would be dealing with in this sort of fight it's kind of overstated just in terms of how badly he'd deal with it like obviously cheeto vera brings a ton but uh i mean i guess a couple things first of all cheeto vera isn't as strong an offensive wrestler as i think you know guys like ricky simone even jose aldo uh, who were able to consistently get to those positions and you know font made a good account of himself in those fights if anything i kind of think font might be the better offensive wrestler in the fight and both guys are reasonably prone to accepting the guard uh, we've seen font you know wrestle Pettis to a decision when he had to uh, take down Jose Aldo, take down Ricky Simone. Um, I mean, some of those are flyweight. That's that's point, I never even yeah. considered that Rob Font might take down Chito Vera yeah, if because, he's getting fucked up. He does that a whole lot. Like, not even when he's getting messed up, right? He, he just does that a lot. Um, yeah, he should not do that. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that, to be honest. Because I think, A, it's a way to limit the sort of... Um, Entropy that you guys keep mentioning, which is entirely fair, uh, but it's the sort of thing to you know break the pressure, the sort of thing to give his clinch a little bit more of a dynamic um, threat, and it's the sort of thing where he might be able to bank a little bit of time where Cheeto would normally be going hog wild on him. Uh, but obviously, there's some threat, but I also don't think it's necessarily as big a threat as people think. I also think that the it's kind of overstated by how much Aldo hurt Rob Font. And that, you know, Aldo is a massive puncher at featherweight who, who moved out of Benamwain. Um, and I think that really, really did affect Rob Font's ability to gain ground on Aldo, where, you know, he couldn't just commit on anything, really. Um, and it was also affected by the fact that um, Font seemed to be really, really keen on not sitting down on anything with Jose Aldo. He seemed to be trying to follow the sort of Max Holloway mold of throwing stuff and throwing stuff and throwing stuff. Um, I do think Font is a decent puncher, uh, and at least the sort to make Cheeto maybe back off a little bit because that hasn't been impossible. Uh, you know, like maybe historically Cheeto's been a little bit more prone to backing off generally. But also, you know, we saw in DSDA, we saw in Aldo, it is possible to get Cheeto's attention and get him to uh, to calm down a little bit when he's really getting on his shit. Uh, so I don't know. I think it depends. Uh, I think Rob Font has enough tools to win in the open, uh, at least early, and he has enough tools to hang on late that I think it's going to be difficult for Cheeto. I think that's 
I think that's really the crux of the matchup, is that at some point you need to be a little bit more proactive than Cheeto Vera generally is at limiting the ways that fighters get going. And Cheeto has shown glimpses of it, but the heuristic that I have with Font and Cater is generally, do you shut down their jab from the jump, and do you have the ring craft to keep that up? And I think Cheeto Vera, he might have the ring craft later in the fight to keep it up, and he might shut down the jab later in the fight. But once Font or Cater get going, it's something that's really difficult to shut down. You know, it's eventually, if you're trying to be proactive later, that's just being reactive. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, I think Font wins minutes reasonably comfortably in the first two rounds. I think we all agree on that, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think he's able to, to keep it up and uh, you know manage this. Like, we've seen Font deal with guys who are more dynamic. We've seen Font deal with guys who uh, might have a little bit more of a phase-shifting threat. But against all those guys, you know, uh, Cody Garbrandt and Thomas Almeida for dynamism, guys like Ricky Simone for face shifting, Font, he's been able to get through them just by being a deeper, more cohesive fighter who knows where he wants to be and is incredible where he wants to be. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's my ultimate take. I think it's a dangerous fight for Font, but it's also a fight that's uh, eminently winnable. I, I have a question for you two. Do you think that it's possible that Font being kind of an early starter might be a bad thing for him and that it might wake up Vera sooner? And then it could force Font into a fight he can't maintain. Because Vera, he kind of has a, a bit of a, a thing where if you fight him at his pace, he'll just gradually build it up. But if you start fucking him up really badly, he'll just start fighting harder. So Font has great cardio, but he's had great cardio in, like, the only time we've seen him maintain himself over five was against Cody Garbrandt, who is, like, easier to maintain yourself against than Font, or than Vera is. Like, Vera will definitely push the fight if you start fucking him up really hard. And I don't know if he's enough of a, uh, able to, like, fuck you up type guy to to off-put Vera more so than just make him angrier. And, like, like what if we get third round Vera starting in the second round? I think because you of kind Font, of like, have starting to question really the premise early. a little bit. Oh, go ahead. No, no yeah. Uh, sorry, it's just a little bit of lag on the call. But uh, yeah, I think you have to question the premise a little bit there, just because Rob Font, yes, he pushes a pace, but I also think that was kind of an Aldo-specific thing. If you watch the Garbrandt fight, he was uh, he didn't really push a pace until later in the fight. Like early, he was establishing the jab, and you know Garbrandt tried to take it away. But he was for the most part, he was just feinting, pressuring uh, patiently with his feet, and not really like beating the shit out of Cody until Cody let him beat the shit out of him, essentially. And yeah, that point's not going to come with Cheeto Vera, I don't think. But I also don't think it's sort of a situation where Font is going to to, you know, really go early, go ham, and, you know, beat the crap out of Cheeto early just to make him mad. I think it's kind of a thing where Font is going to win an early round close-ish, maybe get warmed up in the second round, win a second round a little bit wider. Um, and, you know, I talked to um, Rob Font's coach, Jake Manini, and they sort of said something similar or you know i asked does the fact that cheeto vera is such a slow starter and you've got such a solid puncher on your hands does that tempt you to go okay well this guy isn't going to be great defensively early why don't we just go ham and try to get him out of there and then he just laughed at me he was like well that doesn't make any sense uh, we want to go five rounds so and he's probably watched cheeto vera tape and been like yeah i, d I don't want to say it on a podcast but my guy's not going to knock cheeto like, it's essentially <laughs> a trick question yes <laughs> but yeah, so that's the sort of situation where if Font is fine with fighting five rounds, I think Font is going to fight a five-round fight. And I think we've, as much as we sort of pontificate about Cheeto Vera being a great five-round fighter, and I truly do think he is, I think Rob Font looked like one of the most fearsome five-round fighters we've ever seen a Bantamweight in that Cody Garbrandt fight. Uh, you know, it wasn't just the fact that he started hot, it was that he started 
sort of cold, but he went in four and five and handed out 10 sevens on a fighter who, yes, it's not hard to hand 10 sevens out to Cody Garbrandt, but people don't do that. So, um, yeah, I think Font is just as likely to build into the fight. I also just think he's less of a liability early in the rounds. So I think he, you know, sort of takes a couple 60, 40 rounds off Cheeto and then both of them start warming up around the same time. So that makes this fight awesome. Very fair point. I must say, Saran, when, when this was booked, Christian asked me, how does Rob Font beat Cheeto Vera? And I was like, I don't, I don't fucking know. We better, we better have Saran on the show. And you, you make a solid case. And holy fuck, this, this always happens when we have you guys on the podcast because me and Christian, we'll, we'll, we'll spend half an hour on one card. And then, you know, I, I had Ed on and he talked for 40 minutes about one fight. Oh, yes. Like, this is... Part of it is just the card kind of being... Like, cards in the UFC these days are built on one fight, essentially. But this is well, a So fight. you're not super hyped yeah. to talk about our co-main event. Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. Take it away, Sriram. Right hand go burr. Wait, who's right hand though? Oh, well, yeah. I didn't answer you mean, that. You, you, mean, you, mean, you mean Andre Arlovsky jab and move sideways go burr? Andre Arlovsky backfist go burr. Okay, so. I think Jake Collier is going to get boxed the fuck up. Yeah, I think Jake Collier is either going to get a takedown early and then sap Arlovsky cardio enough to, to like be able to do stuff in later rounds, or we'll get like the, the bad Arlovsky. Um, but I, I actually am really hoping that we get uh, like Freddie Roach Arlovsky. No, Arlovsky's going to jab up a storm, my dude. Andre Feely is fighting Yo Anderson Brito. Uh, Yo Anderson Brito in his debut kind of mostly just got outmaneuvered and bopped the fuck up by uh, Bill Algio, or as I like to call him, we have Corey Sandhagen at home. And yeah, Andre Feely can do that. Like Andre Feely's really good. He's, you know, perpetual gatekeeper at featherweight, but everyone who beats him hangs around in the top 15 for a good amount of time. And a lot of them go on to be like uh, elite contenders and, you know. Um, and like, he, he kind of like beat the fucking shit out of Daniel Pineda and then I poked him and got no contested. But it was one of those where you really should have been... You you really should have been just like treating that as a win for Andre Feeling and just like giving him another decent fight after that. But you know he's fighting a guy coming off of a loss in his debut. He he should just like tool the fucking shit out of. Probably. I mean, unless he's a cage wrestler, I guess. Uh, Feely is um, Feely's pretty decent. Sort of the tan generalist you see often. Um, I think he had like a decent streak punctuated by a loss to Michael Johnson, which is uh, kind of funny considering where Michael Johnson was at that point in his career. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Feely should probably win. I think Brito is like one of those contender series guys, right? He has a name that sounds like a contender series person. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. See, I can just tell. I can smell them from a mile away. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I just don't trust contender series fighters to ever win fights at all, ever in their lives. Um, so yeah, there it is. Well, sometimes, you know, we've we've seen a couple of guys on contender series who we picked out as like, we're going to do well in the UFC and has panned out okay. But like, um, yeah, like Johanna Sabrina, he's, he's just he's just really limited, kind of everywhere. He's just kind of, kind of kind of a stock MMA move forward and do punch and takedown guy. Uh, he's he's going to lose to Andre Feely, probably. <laughs> uh, Jared Gordon versus Grant Dawson. Okay, that fight sounds ugly as shit. Sounds really disgusting. I find these kind of fights 
just these kind of fighters really hard to assess because like <clears throat> it's like a mirror match. Yeah, because they're both just like really like just standard MMA dudes. They're both just like some variation on the Nick Lentz archetype. Yeah. And just like dudes like this, even if they're good, I just find them so hard to assess because if you're just like guy who does everything, I'm just like, how how am I supposed to like gauge how that's going to work against different matchups? Yeah, exactly. Like these are the hardest guys I find to break down because they're just, absolutely fine and I, I'm, I don't know whose absolutely fineness is going to prevail in this one I think Jared it's Gordon kind of is going to okay. beat the fuck out of Grant Dawson okay let's go do you have any reasons for that yeah I think he's just harder like as a person I think Grant Dawson is uh, like, like I, I don't have a, like, any particular problem with Grant Dawson's personality it's just when I watch his fights I'm like, yeah, this guy is is a very James Krause guy, whereas Jared Gordon seems to have some internal will to fight. <laughs> like, this is not analysis. This is really just me, like, making a soul read. I just think Jared Gordon is going to try harder and be more aggressive. Sometimes this is the kind of analysis you need for these kind of fights. <laughs> Sometimes you need the, the look and the eye breakdown. Yeah, it's like, with these guys, it's basically just, can his opponent not wrestle? And if they can't wrestle, then they're fucked. And if they can wrestle, then it's going to be a complete slop fest. So when they fight each other, both of them can wrestle because that's the entire point. So it, it's going to be a slop fest. Um, I seem to remember uh, Dawson having a draw against Rick Glenn that Glenn should have won, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that happened. So, uh, yeah, I think Dawson seemed to fade a little bit and Jared Gordon for all his, uh, you know, well, Rick Glenn has his own third round Cheeto thing going on. Fair enough, but like, <laughs> it's uh, it's still kind of weird, you know, like Rick, if I think Dawson before that was sort of a blue chip sort of top tier prospect type, and after that sort of calmed down a bit. It's like okay, like let's uh, let's back the fuck up. I mean, I mean, I mean, was he? I think was he was. He, was. he knocked out Leo Santos in a in a bad fight. I think he knocked Santos out, and people were like, "Well, Santos has won like a billion in a row," and forgetting that Santos is like winning a billion in a row, looking like complete trash in a lot of those fights. So uh, who knows? And taking several years off in between a lot of them. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know. You know, and then immediately going and losing to Clay Guida in, in his prime, but you know that, that that's, it'd be like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't have a strong take on it. You know, sometimes you look at a guy and he's like a Kraus guy. Sometimes you look at a guy and he's like a Rufus Sport guy. And you look at both of those guys and like, okay, this is a fight. Yeah, I'm like, who who pushes their advantages? Because in this fight, Do they have advantages. They're the same one. fighter. Yeah, that's Jared the thing. Who has one? better just, punch they, and clutcher? I think. Okay. Let's go, Jared Gordon. Let's go. Yeah, I'm cool with that. He hits the body more as well. Okay. He did like uh, Jared Gordon's fight against uh, Neto BJJ, even though he lost. That was a cool fight. Darren Elkins is fighting Tristan Connolly. This fight kind of fucks. They're basically the same guy too. Uh, Tristan Connolly, if you guys don't remember the the like least athletic guy in the UFC who's now a featherweight who beat Michelle Pereira at welterweight when Michelle Pereira missed weight. Um, so that was funny. I don't know what you say about this matchup. Uh, this is it's kind of, uh, you know, it's one of the OG matchups. Yeah. Like, how good of a Darren Elkins do you have to be to out Darren Elkins, Darren Elkins? When he's shot. When he, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess my position at this point is just that you need to have at least a little bit of dynamism to knock Darren Elkins out very quickly. If you're going to try to out Darren Elkins, you're just kind of stupid. Um, I think some guy tried to do that. Who was it? The 
Derek might Miner. have been the last guy. Oh, got the guy who he, uh, just does first Derek round Miner. submissions. Derek Miner. Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that just didn't work. So <laughs> that's kind of how I have to default to it. And it happened to, it happened to some other contender series guy before that. Yeah, um, I, I remember that guy. I think I... Who was it? Jesus Eduardo Garagori. Yeah, Gar- Garagori. Like, yeah. Garagori sort of beat the, cri- beat the crap out of him, but, like, you know. All right, let's go uh, Darren Elkins' third round finish. As is tradition. Although we have to note that Tristan Connolly uh, has fought up more, so he might just be large enough. He, he's not, like, a large featherweight. He's just fought at weird weight classes. But there might be some of that that just kind of makes him able to handle the strength exchanges. Possibly. What's next? Uh, Mearshart versus Yatko. Oh, of course. We can't go another second without talking about Joe. Yeah, uh, Gerald Mearshart is going to submit Christoph Yatko. And it's going to look really fucking weird and ugly before that happens. I mean, you know, that's the funny thing about Mearshart is he's probably better at stuff than like a bunch of middleweights who are higher in the ranks. He's just sort of crazy unathletic and kind of stupid. Well, he's not like, a, he's not really stupid. He's smart as much as he's stupid. He's just both at the same time a lot of the time. He's crazy like a fox. He has sort of that um, early Charles Oliveira slash Michael Chiesa thing where either you sub him or he subs you, which kind of makes him look like a complete genius or a lunatic in every single fight. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a take on Jotko. I think he's mid and not very good. I think he got shut out by Strickland pretty easily, and he got shut out by Dave Branch pretty easily. And yeah, both of those guys are better than Mearshart, but Mearshart is enthusiastic are and they? solid. So. I have many takes on Christoph Yatko. All of them are uh, basically him. He's negative, and he is yeah. a counterpuncher that if you can't handle a counterpuncher that will clinch you when you get too aggressive, then you're probably not going to win. And I think Christoph Yatko is going to win a very narrow decision where one of the judges gives it to Mearshart, and Mearshart probably should get a 10-8 in one of the rounds, but won't get a 10-8. Don't take this anymore. Why does this keep happening to Gerald? <laughs> <laughs> he got robbed against Anders. He got robbed against Holland. This shit. I, I think this I is the exact this is like the exact matchup to get a robbery against him. But maybe Mir- I, I want Mearshart to pull through and get the finish. Shark will just kick him in the body a billion times. I don't care. Simply do your funky head movement. I I am excited for this one. Yeah, it's a weird, fun fight. It's a weird, fun card. The main event is conventionally great. The rest is just disgusting, but at least in a weird way. Yeah, not traditionally good, but interesting mostly there there's also daniel da silva versus francisco figueredo we got fig's brother oh no figgy stools the the other fig um, yeah there's always a bad one Fig the lesser that's how it always has to be with brothers where there's one good one and one bad one where you know there's the figueredo brothers there's um the pettis brothers you know where sergio is the good one <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick and yeah, Nate a, is, is like it, the closest one. Yeah, the Diaz brothers. Nick actually like was good. <laughs> I mean, I actually kind of think Nate was the better one, but I, I was about to say there's there's actual arguments between those two on which one yeah. is the good one. Yeah, but that's like the only one. There's um, the Shevchenko people, where like Valentina is trash and uh, Antonina is like slightly more trash. 
Oh, uh. I think the the pets pets is actually kind of the only one where they're they're both good. Yeah, I mean, pets and Diaz are like sort of close to each other. Like, like, like the Pettises were both, like, have both been like top elite fighters in their division at some point oh, yeah. in their careers for yeah. very different reasons, though. Like, one's completely just dynamism and shit and athleticism. The other one's just a fucking technician that has good strategies. Mm-hmm. That's why it's interesting. Oh yes, yeah. One one of them is uh, a guy who can kill a guy with a single burst of insane offense, and the other one is Anthony Pettis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He has more high-level knockouts uh, uh, than uh, than Anthony does. Mathematically. Well, I mean, Anthony beat a shit karate guy, and Sergio beat an awesome karate guy. Mm-hmm. That has wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're going way off the rails. I'm going to end this podcast real quick. All right, it stopped. Wait, we got, we got to talk about Alexander Romanov versus Chase Sherman. We already talked about it like last week. Oh, okay, fair enough. We, we yeah, it got, it got moved. We were, we already talked about okay. it. Okay, fair enough. Sound like I had a, a whole lot of things to say. I was, cool. I'm, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do the outro. Wait, we're not talking about Shawnee Young versus Gina Mazzani. I couldn't talk about that if I tried. You want, you want to say something about it, Chris? We got Natan Levy versus Mike Breeden. You two are haters. I, I try my best. <laughs> I am absolutely a hater. There's nothing more fun than being a hater. I, I want to. I'm. I'm not going to talk about Gina Mazzani now, but I want to talk. Like I want to gush about that fight on the the recap. Okay. Well, look forward to that next week. This has been the Forbidden Technique podcast. Um, give give us money on Patreon. Uh, uh we'll, we'll see you later. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> All right. Later. Yeah, that that was a good podcast. Good. I mean, I could drop a bunch of weird accounting jokes if you want. You make my pants file for an extension. That's one.